Great. Thanks, Pastor Aaron. It's great to be with you guys again, and uh, all the way from sunny England. Uh, I can't believe this is your winter. Blue skies, sunshine, it's mad. You know, this would be a nice summer's day for us back in England. It's great to be with you guys. Can we just pray before we get into the word tonight? Father, we thank you that your word is life to us. That your word is not drudgery. It's not should, could, would. But we thank you that your word is life to us. And Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would speak into every one of our hearts and lives this evening. What you want to say. The steps that we need to take in response to what you're saying tonight. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that whatever our response is, that you grace us, you enable us to respond to you in the way that you want us to in our lives, so that our lives are affected, our marriages, our families, our witness, our workplace, everywhere we go is impacted because of who you are and what you're doing in our lives. And Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us this evening, in your mighty name. Amen. Great. Well, as Pastor Aaron said, uh, you guys have got 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up. How many of you are excited about fasting? Um, in our own church uh, back in England, we, uh, we always start the year with some fasting, and this year we're also doing 21 days, and we're starting on the, the 7th of January, a week tomorrow. And the message tonight is kind of linked with the theme of prayer and fasting, but we want to go a little bit deeper than just talking about what is prayer and fasting. And what I want to call this message is prayer and fasting, the normal Christian life. So we want to talk about prayer and fasting, not as something that we just do when we really need to or do every now and then, but to understand that, that to live a life which is a prayerful praying life And to live a fasted life is the normal Christian life to live. How many of you know that uh, since you've known Jesus, your life has been transformed? And there are things that you don't do now that you used to do before you were saved. Why? Because you're now part of another kingdom. We're still on the earth, but we're not of it in the same way as we used to be. We're now part of another kingdom. And God wants us to be living his kingdom life on earth, so therefore that means we're going we're gonna to be living a fasted life compared to the life that we used to live uh, before we were born again or before we knew Jesus, but also we want to make sure we live a fasted life in the context of the challenges in our culture and in the society that we live in that are constantly wanting to pull us into the thinking, the mindset, the lifestyle, the trappings, and uh, it's easy in our modern culture to kind of live the life we, we, we want to live, but have God attached to it somewhere because that makes us feel good. Or sometimes we decide the level of Christianity that we want in our lives, and we're happy and content with that. And when we spend some time praying and fasting, what we're doing is we're, we're actually setting aside the normal lifestyle that we live, and we're basically saying, God, I want to create some space during this 21 days I'm going to fast some food, maybe fast some other things that God is speaking to you about, and I'm going to come aside from some of those things, and I want to give you space so that you can fill that with yourself in a new way. Anybody with me? 
it's okay to respond tonight. We're, we are in church. You can look happy. Um, it's all right. And, uh, and what we want to do is we want to give God space to fill. And we want to give space from our normal lifestyle, our normal schedule, so that at the end of the 21 days, we don't revert back to how we are today, but we continue to live in something new that God has been doing in our lives during 21 days of prayer and fasting. Anybody want to see that in their lives? And so, the, uh, the, what's the purpose of fasting in this 21 days? There's a number of things. Firstly, God wants to personally encounter you in a fresh way. How many of you want to encounter Jesus in a fresh way in the next few weeks? Anybody? Because God, is, God has got some appointments for you and I in these 21 days, and he wants to meet with you. He wants to encounter you. He wants to show more of who he is in your life, because the revelation that you have of who God is determines how you live, the way you think, the decisions you make, the lifestyle choices uh, that you decide. And so we want a greater revelation of him, not just in knowledge in our heads, but we want a, a greater revelation of experiential knowledge. We want to know him in a way that transforms our thinking, our lifestyle, our conversations, our relationships, and how we live in our lives. So God wants to meet with you and I in a fresh way. And in that context of meet with us, he wants to speak to you about 2019. There are things that God wants to do in your life and through your life in the next 12 months. And God wants to speak to you about those things. So God wants to give you some next steps during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you know, if you don't have any goals, you don't really aim at anything, you end up just kind of uh, going by your emotions, by your feelings, by the circumstances, by what somebody said, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas when you've got some goals and some things you're moving towards, how many of you know that helps you when the challenges come to stay focused on where you're going? Now, God works in our lives like that. He speaks to us and says things to us that he wants to do in us and do through us. He gives us promises. He gives us uh, things from his word that show us, this is what I want to do in your life. Now, when God speaks, what happens? He releases faith in our lives for the things that he wants to do and see happen through our lives. And you know that faith is important. And what does that do? That enables us to see and hear what God wants to do. And then that shows us some of the next steps that we need to take. So I believe God wants to speak to each one of us about our relationship with him and what are some of the next steps he wants us to take with him. I believe he wants to speak to each of us about what's our next steps in, uh, in our relationships with others. Maybe there's some relationships you have. Maybe your marriage. Maybe God wants to go deeper and God wants you to have a deeper relationship with your husband or your wife and therefore there might be some next steps, some things that he speaks to you about that he wants to grow in your marriage, maybe in your parenting, in your family. There's some things that God wants to speak to you about, about your family, your relationships, because he wants to release faith to see something happen in a new way in your relationship with him, in your relationship with your husband or wife, or with your kids, or in your parenting. Maybe God also wants to speak to you about your workplace, some next steps at work. What's he saying about your work world, your business? What does he want to do there? Maybe he wants to speak to you about your next step in your witness. So what does that look like? Reaching out to family, friends, neighbors, work colleagues, those that don't know him yet. Maybe there's some next steps, some things that God wants to say to you, speak to you, author faith, release faith in you 
to begin to witness or reach out to some people around you that aren't saved. He wants to give you some faith. How many of you have been praying for some friends, unsaved people, for a while? Sometimes it's challenging, isn't it? Because you think, I don't see so much happening. They don't seem to be that open. You know, but when God speaks, he might not say much. But you know when you've heard something from God, that's enough to hold on to. Sometimes he'll give you one verse. I can remember uh, my wife and I a few years ago uh, praying for her dad uh, to, to know the Lord. And we've been praying for quite a few years, and we just didn't seem to see anything shift. And she got to the point where she's like, God, I, I just don't know if I'm ever going to see him come to know you. And so we prayed and, and we said, God, would you speak to us and, and just give us something that just releases faith for him you know, to come to know you. And God gave my wife a couple of scriptures, just real simple scriptures. And she just, from that moment, it was like, that's it. Thank you, Jesus, for these two scriptures. And all she prayed from that day onwards was those two scriptures. And then a period of time after that, he gave his life to the Lord, and he came to another Lord. And a short while after that, he then passed away. And, and what was kind of despair for my wife, and she'd lost a bit of hope, suddenly in the midst of that, God spoke, released faith, and something began to change. And so God wants to bring change in 2019 in you and through you. Maybe there's things that God wants to say about how you serve in the life of the church. Maybe there's some next steps there. I don't know. Maybe there's some next steps about plugging into a small group, relationally going deeper with people in the life of the church. Maybe there's lots of different ways in which God wants to speak that, that really enables us to take our next steps with him. How are you going to grow in relationship with him and with others and your witnessing in other areas in your life? How many of you want to see some things like that happen? Come on. That's good. So if, if each of us is, is personally going to encounter God in a fresh way, and God wants to do that with each one of us, then something's going to happen in the life of the church. So during the 21 days, God wants there to be breakthrough, something new released in the life of the church, a fresh release of his spirit, a fresh release of what he wants to do in 2019. And as part of that, I believe God wants to establish some victory for those that don't know Jesus yet in our lives. He wants to give us breakthrough and victory for the year ahead for those that we're going to see come to know him in 2019. It's cool, isn't it? God's got plans this year. He's got things he wants to do, and he wants to speak to you about the plans that he has for you personally, but also the plans he has for you together as a church. Because when you came to know Jesus, yes, you were saved into a relationship with him, but you were also saved into the body of Christ in which he's the head. And so as the body, we want to spend some time praying, fasting, seeking God, allowing God to do something new in our lives, fresh in our lives, and, uh, and then in us and amongst us as a church. Or you, you will hear and we will back in the UK. And we'll see what God's going to do over 21 days. Is that okay? So you're excited about 21 days? So don't look at it as, oh my word, I've got to fast. You know, when God speaks to you about something, he gives you the grace... And grace means enabling, so he gives you the enabling to actually do what he's asking of you. So when God might say, hey, I want you to fast two meals a day, for example, just missing two meals a day without spending the time with the Lord is, is, is a waste of time. Fasting in and of itself is not a good work, and it doesn't lead to anything. If it's just, I'm going to miss some meals and <laughs> feel really hungry, and hopefully this sacrifice will do something, and the Lord will say, wow... They're, that's sacrificial. They're missing two meals a day. I'm going to bless them. It's not about actually what you miss. 
It's actually, instead of what you normally do, you're spending that time instead feeding on who he is. Or some of it might be that you meet with others as well. One of the things we do in our church during this 21 days is we really encourage uh, families every day. You know, have communion together every day as a, in your home as a family. Invite other families around on, on different evenings and maybe spend some time together as families. You know, just spending time, hanging out, building relationship. And maybe at some point, just say, hey, let's just pray for a few minutes and, and just invite God to be here with us and anything particular we can pray or agree about or whatever. And just encourage people in that way to relationally connect at another, at another level in terms of what God wants to, to do. But when he speaks to you, he's going to grace you for what he asks of you, okay? So let's have a quick look at a few scriptures where, where what, is Jesus, what does Jesus say about prayer and fasting? Now, this is going to be, it's not going to be uh, loads and loads of scriptures because you could do a whole series on prayer and a whole series on fasting. But just to touch on a couple of things, first of all, that Jesus spoke about in terms of prayer. In Matthew 6, starts in verse 5, and this is what Jesus said. He says, when you pray, now, it's interesting he says when and not if you pray. He says when you pray. So remember the normal Christian life is to be a praying person and to be a fasting person. So what does it mean to pray? It means when you pray, my dependence is on God, not on myself. When we don't pray, what we're basically saying is, God, I don't really need you. I can handle this myself. Or we don't pray about things, we either just worry or get anxious and we get uh, fearful about things. And instead, what we need to do is come to the Lord and say, Father, I want to give you this situation. I don't want to try and walk through it in my own strength. God, I want to give you whatever's going on in my life because I want you to be right in the middle of everything, speaking to me and leading me in terms of what you're saying so that I'm holding on to you and walking through this thing with you and not in my own effort and in my own strength. So Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by men or by others. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But then in verse 6, he says again, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, in, in Matthew, it says, we'll reward you. In another gospel, it says, we'll reward you openly. And we'll come back to that in a moment. Then it says in verse 7, the next verse, and when you pray. So Jesus is reiterating here, hey, guys, it's not about if. This is about when you pray. Because we'll discover why he's talking about the when in a few minutes. When you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So when Jesus talks about here, when you pray, do something in secret. It's not a public thing that you're saying to everybody, look at me, I'm praying. Look at me, I'm standing on the corner and praying all these fancy things. No, what we're doing is we're saying, Father, I want to humble myself. I want to come and spend time with you. And it says here, what is done in secret will be rewarded openly. Now, what that means is, is not that you'll get accolades openly in front of everybody and everybody says, wow, look at him, he's amazing, or look at her, she's brilliant. What it means is when you're in that secret place or when you're in that place with God on your own, what happens in that place with God, you will see the fruit of or the outworking of in your life and how it affects other people. 
So what, what he's basically saying is, is when you go and pray, when you spend time with me, shut the door, be with your father. And whatever happens between you and him, you're going to see the effects of out there in your everyday life. So what happens in the secret place determines what happens in the public place. And sometimes we want the outworking, we want fruit, we want this, we want to see God do that. But what we've missed sometimes is actually what really is important is the secret place because that's the engine room, that's where the life is released, that's where God speaks, that's where things happen in you, and that's where you then carry the presence of God from, being with him, and you carry that in your life into the circumstances and into the situations that we are, that we are in. And the other thing that Jesus is saying here, look, when you do pray, don't just say loads and loads of things that you're trying to twist God's arm to answer your prayer. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that? Well, if I pray enough words and say enough things, I'm, you know, I'm going to try and twist God's arm enough that he says, well, Gabriel, have you heard that prayer? Have you heard Pastor Aaron recently? The amount of things he's saying, that's awesome. I mean, he's saying so much, we can't shut the guy up. We better just go and answer him. No, Jesus isn't saying, he says, don't pray like that. It's not telling God so many things, what to do, and you know all the problems, all the situations, because he says God knows everything before you've even spoken a word. So in prayer, we don't even have to remind God. Has anybody reminded God when you've been praying? You've been praying about something, you haven't seen the answer, and you think, I'll just fire another one up, to because I think he's forgotten, and we kind of want to remind God, and by the way, Holy Spirit, or by the way, Father, you know, you haven't done this yet. And so we, we kind of get on this kind of thing with God. What is Jesus saying? He said, we're not heard from many words. Wow. So when we pray, our faith is not in how many words that we say and pray. Our faith is in who God is and what he is saying to us. Because it's when he speaks to us that that author's faith in our lives and it's in that, that place of faith that we then pray and speak or pray or declare what God is saying to us. I think often prayer is, is there's the situation, here's us and there's God. And we're telling God what to do a lot of the time. It's like, God do this, God do that, God do the other, God do the other. And, and he's sitting on his throne and, and he's thinking, I think sometimes God's thinking, I wonder if they just listen to me for a minute and what I want to do in the situation, there might be some change. And I think prayer actually is more coming to God and saying, Father, what is your heart? What do you want to do? What are you saying in this situation? And God gives you one scripture. He gives you one insight. And he says, that's what I want you to pray into that situation. And, and, and what God does when he speaks, he releases faith in us to believe, to, so that it's not our many words. If I say more, pray more, put it in a different way, make it interesting, creative, exciting, God's going to go, well, I love that, brilliant, let's answer it. Now, what God is saying is, hey, just listen to me, and then you pray what he says. You speak and declare what he says, and that begins to release what he wants to do in the situation. And that, that, what that is, he's telling us what he wants to do, and what we're doing is we're lining ourselves up, our thinking, our understanding, and our attitude and everything else. We're lining up with him, not, we're not trying to get him to line up with what we think should be happening. It's the other way around. Do you get that? Okay, there's a couple of verses we'll look at in a bit. Look into that a bit more. But then Jesus said, hey, this is how you should pray. So he doesn't just say when you pray. He then says, this is how you pray as well. So when you are praying, pray like this. And, it, and we know we call it the Lord's Prayer. 
And, and God never meant us just to say the Lord's Prayer as a rote kind of prayer in, in just spitting it out. What he, what he was showing was a number of things. Firstly, he said, start by saying, our Father in heaven. And what was he saying? This is relationship. What's he saying? God is not a cosmic slot machine. You know, where we just put in our prayer and hopefully, ka-ching, we get the right answer and God's cosmic answer comes down on earth. He's not a cosmic slot machine. This is about relationship with the Father. God is more interested in relationship with you and I than answering what we want him to do. Because everything flows from your relationship with him. And so firstly, Jesus is saying, our Father, this is about having a relationship with Father. Now in that context, that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, they were all about the law, the outward actions and all of that. It wasn't about relationship with God. And so they bound people up in religion and in tradition and in form and in performance. And what Jesus was coming along saying, hey, this has got nothing to do with tradition and performance and religion. This is all about relationship. Prayer is not just something that you just copy out of a book. And, and this is a relationship you have with the living Father. And in that relationship, there's worship, which he goes on. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. So in that relationship, there's worship. There's adoration. Why? Because God wants relationship with you and I. He wants intimacy with us. How many of you know that intimacy happens in a secret place? Intimacy doesn't happen when you're driving along in the car, the radio's on, you're chatting about all this. other. You can spend time with people like that. You can be hanging out. But there's a place of intimacy where nobody else is around, where it's just you and God, and there's things he wants to reveal about himself and show you, speak to you about, because it's relationship. And in that place, there's, there's that, that adoration, that worship. But then what did Jesus say? He says, our Father in heaven, relationship, hallowed be your name, worship and adoration. Then he goes on to say, then, then your kingdom come. So the primary purpose of this relationship and this worship is so that God's kingdom comes. That's the primary purpose, that God's kingdom comes. God's kingdom is revealed. Then what does it say? His will will be done. So he gives the purpose, but then your will be done. What's that? It's aligning our hearts and lives with him and his purpose. So there's relationship with worship. In that worship, God begins to bring purpose. And where's this relationship going? And it's for us then to be in alignment with him so that what happens, so that his kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. That's the outcome. So the working out of this relationship with the Father, this place of adoration and intimacy, is knowing what is his purpose for his kingdom to come, his life to be released on earth as it is in heaven already. And then that prayer is, your will be done. So we're lining up our will and our heart with his purposes so that the outcome is what we see and what we understand the kingdom of heaven to be then outworked on earth. That's why we pray. That's why we have relationship with God. So that his life, his kingdom is expressed on earth as it is in heaven. Then the next part, verse 11, then goes into the give us today our daily bread. So before there's anything, would you do something for me? It's this principle that Pastor Anna spoke about first. It's about giving, relationship, worship, adoration. What's your purpose, Father, not mine? What's your will, not mine? Because I want my will to line up with yours. 
And then I, I want your, work, your will to be outworked on earth, which is your kingdom to come and your will be done and whatever you want to do. Then it says, then give us today our daily bread. What does Matthew 6 verse 33 say? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. So if we pursue him first, if we do what Jesus says here in terms of relationship and prayer first, God will take care of the stuff in our lives. God will take care of the practicals. God will take care of stuff. He'll give us our daily bread. He'll sort things out. But if we pursue him first, that unlocks everything else. And then it goes on to being in right relationship with others. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive those who have sinned against us or our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So within all of that, there's right relationship, which is all part. Of, we, we want to be in right relationship with God, but also with one another, which we'll come to in a few moments. So this is just a bit about prayer at the beginning of this message, and, uh, which could take a long time if I carry on at this pace, because uh, there's a lot more to get in so far. So here we have Jesus talking about his relationship. It's about with the Father. It's about a kingdom on earth being released. What we've done in our Western Christianity is we've made Christianity a very me-centered Christianity. And what we've in Western Christianity, we've turned, into, we've turned God into the answer to all our problems. And he is here for my benefit rather than, no, we're actually here to serve him. And it's the other way around. Because the Western Christianity is a self-centered Christianity Whereas kingdom Christianity is a selfless relationship with God. It's a selfless Christianity. And that, that challenges every button in our, in, our, in our lives in different ways. So right at the heart of prayer, one other scripture before we get into fasting. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. What does Paul the Apostle say here? And this is why prayer is so powerful. And this next 21 days can be so powerful. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's pretty awesome. So when we pray, it says here that our prayer has divine power to demolish strongholds. That's why this is going to be 21 days of victory when you're praying. 21 days of overcoming. 21 days of seeing things change. Seeing 21 days of circumstances being turned around. 21 days of... People getting healed, people getting free, people getting sorted out. Why? Because when we pray, there's divine power that is being released that demolishes other strongholds. Anybody believe that in here tonight? We're just, we're just reading the Bible. Is that okay? I haven't made it up. This is what's in the Bible. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, if we want to see some victory, we have to submit our thinking, our understanding to the mind of Christ. To his mind and his understanding, which is what? Which is what the word is. When we, when we read the Bible, when God speaks, what's he revealing to us? He's revealing to us his mind, his thinking, how he sees the situation and how then he wants us to see what he is seeing so that faith is released, so that when we pray, it's like, yeah, this is amazing. This is divine power that is at work, demolishing strongholds and seeing a release in this situation of God at work. How many of you want to see some victory, some breakthrough, some answers in the next 21 days? Come on, that's why we're here. We're believers. We're not here making up the numbers. 
There are no second-class Christians. There are only front-row Christians. There are only first-class Christians. There aren't any second-row, third-row. There aren't. God doesn't deal with us like that. He speaks to every one of us in a way that says, if you believe what I'm saying to you if, you, if you take a hold of me and I'll take a hold of you, you can see awesome things take place. Nobody has a special hotline to God. It's not like Pastor Aaron or myself have a certain hotline to the Lord that you don't have. We have the same Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is no respecter of persons. If you just say, God, I want to know you in a deeper way. I want you to work in my life in a fresh way. I want to set aside some things over this next 21 days and give you space to fill so you can work in me. Do whatever you want to do in my character, uh, in my life, in, in whatever's going on in me. Shape me. Put me on the potter's wheel. Spin me round and let the water of the Holy Spirit shape and work and move in me. Do whatever you want to do. How many of you are excited about that kind of 21 days? That's how we want to be with God in our, in our lives. Maybe God's speaking to you tonight. I don't know. Maybe the phone's ringing. <laughs> Matthew 6, Jesus mentioned something about fasting here. Now, what does it mean to fast? It means to abstain from. It means to set something else aside so that you can spend time with God. It means to make space. It means to recenter your relationship with God. It means to set the compass back to true north, if we can put it that way. Because how many of you know that uh, you, you can... Be in your life, going along your way and all of that kind of thing. And it's only when you encounter God in a fresh way or God speaks to you in a fresh way, you realize, wow, I didn't realize my thinking was off there. I didn't realize that attitude had become what it actually has become. And, and when God shines the spotlight of who he is on our lives, he shows us things about what's going on in us that sometimes we're just oblivious to because we've been living in a certain way. And then God shows us something, you realize, wow, I didn't realize that's where I, oh man, Father, I want to come back to you in a way that you want me to live, you want me to think, you want me to be. And it's like a fresh reviving that God does in our lives. So what did Jesus say? Verse 16 of Matthew 6, when you fast, interesting, Jesus didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. So we're back to that one. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Verse 17, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Same thing, Jesus, whether it's prayer or whether it's fasting. Now, we're not saying you have to put oil on your head and, and wash your face and all that kind of stuff. But what, what Jesus is saying is, look, don't walk around like you're sucking lemons, you know, and you're showing everybody else, man, I've been fasting for 10 days now, and it's, this is such hard work. I'm just letting you know I'm fasting for 10 days, but I'm really humble about it, you know. It's, um, and, and we did 21 days last year, actually, and, and I, God spoke to me really clearly in December and said, I don't want you to eat anything during the 21 days. I want you to drink water, and I drink mint tea uh, quite a bit. So that was it, mint tea and, and, and water. And after about 10, 11 days, my wife said, you got so much energy. Where do you get all the energy from? You're, you're like, you're up even earlier. You're going to bed later. You're this, that. And you're just, it's like, I said, I don't know, mate. Because it, you just know it's God. In, because he graces you to do whatever he asks you to do. If, he does, if he says fast two meals a day, fast two meals a day. Don't think oh, I should be doing all of it. Otherwise, I'm not holy enough. No, it's better to be obedient Obedience is better than sacrifice. 
God's not interested in sacrifice. He's interested in obedience. You know, you come to an offering some, at some point somewhere, and, and you know, people can come out with all sorts of stuff about offerings. You know, I should put more money in, more money in. And, and the Holy Spirit says, put $50 in. And you're like, well, I should do 100 because they're being a bit heavy at the front about it. And I should. And the Holy Spirit says, just put $50 in there or whatever. It's like, it's better to put 50 in and be obedient than to put 200 in because you think that's the best thing to do. Or I feel better about myself if I do it. I mean, maybe the other way around, you want to put 50 in, the Holy Spirit says 200, then you better do that as well. <laughs> works, works both ways. Um, but what's Jesus saying about fasting here? Why do we fast? Well, when you pray, Jesus talks about that as part of your normal relationship. Worship, adoration, the purpose of God, listening to him, doing what he's saying. He provides our needs and that kind of stuff. When we fast, we don't fast all the time in the same way that we would pray daily and spend time with the Lord daily because it's a relationship. Spend time with him in that way. But when you do fast, it's because God wants to do something new and fresh in us or, we, or there needs to be a fresh breakthrough in our lives or in this context when you all pray together in the life of the church. And so when we're setting this time aside, we're fasting from what we normally fast from so that God can do something new and fresh. And we've said that. Uh, already, and then we're going to see the fruit of it take place. Not necessarily while we're fasting, but can be afterwards. So let's just have a quick look at some of the other scriptures because this is what I believe what God wants to say to us in relation to the prayer and fasting. So when we're praying and fasting, what are we actually doing during the 21 days? What we're doing is we're we're bringing our lives into alignment with God in two ways. Because alignment means to agree with. We're bringing our lives into agreement with God and what he wants to do. There's two things. One is agreement with him, and the other one is in agreement with one another. And firstly, in uh, 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15, to do with prayer, agreement with God, it says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. How many of you know, how many of you want assurance that your prayer is going to get answered? It's right there in those two verses. How do we know we're going to get our prayers answered? It says here, if we pray anything according to his will, it then says he's going to hear us. So that's why God wants to speak to you about 2019. He wants to speak to you about next steps because there's things he wants to speak to you about that are his will for your life so that then whatever adjustments you and I need to make in relation to what he's saying that then enables us to line our lives up with his will so that we are in agreement with him and not trying to get him to agree with us. And that's what we're doing in prayer. What we're doing is we're saying, Father, I submit my thoughts, my understanding, my perception to you and I want to humble all of that before you because to fast actually means to humble yourself. So in the Old Testament, there were a number of times where the nation of Israel was called to fast. Ezra, Nehemiah, uh, Jehoshaphat, Joel, all of these different guys at different times called the nation to fast and to pray. And it's interesting, often when they called the nation to pray, what they said is, we need to humble ourselves before, before God. So when we're fasting and praying, we're humbling ourselves, saying, Father, I don't want to think, pray, act in my own understanding, in my own mindset. I want your mind, your heart, your understanding. 
And then we know when God speaks to us, it releases faith, as we've already said, so that then whatever we ask, we're going to see it. You know when you've heard something from God, your prayer changes. When you've heard something from God, you, it moves from asking to thanking. Paul the Apostle said, you know, pray at all times with thanksgiving. So when you've, if I said to you, if I said to you, look, I've got a million dollars for you, here you go, what would you say? You, you say, you receive it and you, with thanksgiving. You say, thanks so much. But if I said, look, here's a million dollars, you wouldn't be saying to me, could I have a million dollars, please? Could I have a million dollars? Could I have a million dollars? Could I have a million dollars? Because I've already said, here's a million dollars. And so you take hold of that and say, I thank you for that, man. You receive it and take hold of it. Or if I said to you, look, here's a million dollars and it's right there. I'll give this to you next weekend. You would say, wow, next weekend I'm going to receive it. Thanks so much. You wouldn't then keep asking me for a million dollars because I've said you've, you can already have it. Are you, are you there? What we do in prayer so often is we keep asking, 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 asking. And God says, no, what? listen to me and what I want to do in the situation. He speaks and we go, well, Father, I thank you for what you want to do. And now I speak that into the situation with thanksgiving. So we're receiving what he wants to do. So instead of saying, please, 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 God says, no, here it is. Here's the answer. There might be a bit of time lapse between here and here, but we're walking between here and where we need to see it with thanksgiving, not constant asking for something that we've already asked for and he's already spoken about, we've received, and now we move towards it to see the outcome. Are you, are you there? Sorry, there's all sorts of things coming out here um, tonight. And so also, when you've heard something from God, you don't pray loads and loads of words. You just pray what he said, because that's all you need, because your faith is in him, not in how many words you speak. But then secondly, agreement with God is one thing, but then agreement with one another. Matthew 18, this is an amazing chapter, uh, right in the middle of this gospel, where Jesus begins to speak about relationships in the life of the church. Now, it's, it's weird. He uses the word church in this chapter, but there was no church then. There were his followers and disciples, but there wasn't a church as we understand the early church to be, because it was pre-cross in that sense. It wasn't post-cross but he begins to speak about relationships amongst believers, but he puts it in the context of the church. And when we come to agreement, the prayer and fasting and the power of agreement is going to be so important during this 21 days. So let's have a real quick look through what it says in Matthew chapter 18. First five verses, if I just read them quickly to you. At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever humbles himself, okay? And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. So the first thing that Jesus speaks about is there needs to be humility. We, we need to be not childish. We need to be childlike. Now, we live in a world where we like to make everything complicated. Uh, if you live in the UK, you know we're going through Brexit at the moment. Man, they've made it complicated, uh, trying to come out of the EU. But um, we complicate everything, whereas what Jesus is saying is, no, faith and relationship, there's a simplicity to relationship with me. And it starts with a humility. So that's casting off pride and arrogance. And humility is saying, Father, I need you in my life. I need to hear your voice. Second part of Matthew 18, the next verses 6 to 9, 
He's talking about if you cause one of these little ones to sin, better than a millstone's hung around your neck and you drown and this, that, and the other. Woe to you who cause other people to sin. And what he's talking about is the effects of sin on others within the body and the impact that that makes. And he's also talking about how that affects your intimacy and relationship with God. But he also um, speaks about if your eye causes sin, pluck it out. Is, you know, what is he basically saying? Where there's sin, deal with it severely in your own life. Don't give it space. Don't give it room. What's he basically talking about? He's basically talking about holiness. Jesus never spoke about holiness as a subject, but he spoke about how to live in relationship with the Father and with one another. And when you understand that, it, that's how you live a holy life. And so he was speaking here about how to live in holiness. So firstly, there's a humility. Then there's a holiness that God is talking about. But then the next few verses, 12 to 17, he's then going and speaking about uh, somebody who, who is a sheep, a hundred sheep, one goes off, the shepherd goes to find him, brings him back, he celebrates or whatever. But what is he saying here in this context? He's saying you want to keep in right relationship, right fellowship with God and with one another here. So there needs to be forgiveness, ongoing forgiveness in our relationships. This is really important in, in regards to the prayer and fasting because where Jesus goes next, he then talks about in the next part of the chapter, if, if a brother sins against you, go and show him his fault between the two of you. If he doesn't listen, take some others with you. If he still doesn't listen, uh, bring it to the church. Interesting how he uses the church. There wasn't one, but he says, bring it to the church. And uh, then he says, if he still continues, treat him as a pagan and a tax collector. And, and that means, see you later, buddy, um, in that context. Now, what's Jesus getting at? Everything he said leads to the next two verses and the power of what he says here. And this is why I believe this is going to be powerful during your prayer and fasting. He says here, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, we, we, we understand that is in prayer. We, we have an authority as a believer to take authority over things. But when you translate the Greek, it actually means... Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Because there's nothing to be bound up in heaven because it's free. There's nothing that needs loosing in heaven because there's nothing that needs breaking off in heaven. What he's basically saying is you have an authority to take a hold of what is, what is in heaven and to see it released on earth. And so he's saying here, whatever you bind, whatever you hinder, whatever you stop, whatever you prevent, whatever you loose. And the word loose there means to break up, to shatter, to destroy. It doesn't mean let's loose the Holy Spirit, release the Holy Spirit. It means to loose, to break off the negative. And in this context of what Jesus is talking about, it's all about relationships with one another. And what he's saying is here, you have, an authority, you have authority together as believers, as a body of people... To make sure that there's right relationship with one another. So you can bind the negativity. You have a responsibility to make sure there's no negativity, no um, division, no strife, no factions within the body. So whatever you bind, whatever you prevent on earth amongst you has already been prevented there. Whatever you break off here and deal with here has already been dealt with in heaven. But then what does it say in verse 19? 
And I, I tell you the truth, if two of you then agree on earth about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So this agreement on earth is not just in a prayer meeting where two people come together and you say to your friend, I've got this situation, would you agree with me? And the person says, well, yeah, okay, yeah, let's pray about it. There's something deeper going on here. The agreement Jesus is talking about is a lifestyle of relationship, a lifestyle of agreement that we have together as believers. Are you, are you with me? Or am I losing you? We're going to close in a sec. Is that okay? There's a lot to sort of take in, in one sense. But one of the things that I believe God wants to do during a prayer and fasting time is as well as us lining up with him, coming into agreement with him, he wants to do something of a greater depth in the life of a church so that there's a lifestyle of agreement in the body for God to do more than we've seen him doing. Because there's agreement relationally, because we're in right relationship with one another in our personal relationships or relationships in a small group context or whatever it might be. Because Jesus says, where two on earth agree are in agreement in their relationship. So my wife and I, we're in agreement. So when we pray, we see things happen. Because there's an agreement, there's a covenant there where we've said we're, we're covenanted together. So when we're agreeing, we're agreeing at a level that is more than just a token acknowledgement. There's a level of relationship where there's agreement. With, you, with others in the church, what are you doing? There's a level of agreement that God wants us to be in. And what does it say? And my Father will, will it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. And where two of you three come together in my name, there I am with you. So I believe there's an agreement that God wants to, to bring. And what does the word agree mean? It means to be like a symphony, a harmonious accord with one another. So it's like you're a an orchestra. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody has part of the tune to play. And when we're in right accord with each other, that tune releases a sound. And that sound releases what God wants to do, if we can just use that analogy. So let's just bring it to a close, shall we? And just pray for a moment uh, before we finish. So God wants there to be some next steps in 2019. He wants to speak and release faith into 2019 for your life personally, for who you are as a church and things he wants to say during the 21 days. There's going to be some next steps he wants to talk to you about. Relationship with the Father, relationship with others, witness in your workplace, what he wants to do in your business, uh, witness, what's going to happen in your family or in the small group, whatever context it is. And we're, we're, I know Pastor Aaron's working on a, a handout he's going to be giving you in January that just is going to help you during the prayer and fasting. So what are the next steps and and things you can sort of write down what God is saying to you in relation to those different areas. Because God wants to release who he is in you and through you individually, but also as a church in 2019. Is that okay? Can we just stand together? Is that all right? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. True agreement is more about lifestyle and relationship than anything else, than, than just words. Agreement is not just mental acknowledgement. There's a level of spiritual and relational agreement that God wants us to live in with one another. Like a symphony, like an orchestra. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe just in preparation for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I don't know, you might have done this already, you may not have. But maybe just begin to just ask the Holy Spirit, what does this fast look like for me? 
What are you wanting me to fast in terms of food? Is there anything else you want me to fast in terms of social media or TV? Maybe there's some other things God wants you to fast for that 21 days. Maybe there's a hobby, something that you know takes quite a bit of time. And maybe God's saying, hey, I just want you to put that aside for three weeks. And, and I want to fill that space instead for these three weeks. There's nothing wrong with a hobby. Maybe God wants to set aside. It's got to be a personal thing that God speaks to you about. What does the fasting look like for you? Maybe there's some areas of agreement where you need to, where you know, man, I need to, Father, I need to bring myself under your lordship in a fresh way again. I need to bring myself under your word again in a fresh way. I know my thinking's gone off here or there. Or maybe there's a circumstance, a situation that you're fearful about, you're worried about, you're anxious about, you've been trying to sort out and you got frustrated and annoyed. Maybe you just need to come back and say, Father, I just want to give you that. I want to realign everything. Maybe in the workplace, there's some things there. Maybe just set yourself up in one sense like a, a golf ball on a tee on a driving at the beginning of a, of, a, of a hole and you're the golf ball on the tee and it's like Father I want to be right there set up so that you can play that stroke through my life and you can hit me right down the fairway as it were you can send me in the direction that you want me to go in in 2019 so Father I just surrender afresh to you tonight I want to surrender to your word during the 21 days I want to surrender to your will I want to surrender to you and everything you want to do in me. Father, I want to surrender as part of the body, as part of coastline. I want to surrender so that you can do in me what you want to do as part of the whole body. So that as a church, we, we come into something totally new during this 21 days that's going to affect the rest of 2019. And that we live in more and more and more as the year goes on. Father, we praise your name. We thank you, Jesus. Maybe some of you here tonight, you don't know Jesus. And maybe the next step in your life is to make a response to him. Say, Jesus, I don't know you. I don't really know a lot about you. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. But there's something kicking off on the inside of me tonight. And it's like, I want to take a step towards you. I want to begin a relationship with you. And you can begin and take that next step tonight towards him to begin a relationship with him. In a few moments as we close, the, the prayer team will be along the front here. And you can, if you want to respond for the first time to know Jesus, you can come. A friend can bring you if you've come with somebody. And you can just come and chat with somebody. Say, hey, how do I take a next step? What does that look like to surrender my life to Jesus? How do I do that? Maybe you've got other things that you need agreement with tonight in prayer. Maybe there's some healing things, some other stuff. You just want something to agree with you and say, hey, you know, I'm believing God for this. He spoke to me about that. You know, I want somebody to agree with me tonight. So, Father, we just give you tonight. We, we just hold up your word, who you are. And Father, we thank you for the release of your spirit afresh in our lives. And, Father, I thank you. Whatever you say about the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I thank you that you grace every one of us to respond to you. You grace us to praying to fast in the way that you want us to over these next few weeks. We praise your awesome name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.